Welcome, Witchy Wonder. This is the Christian Witches Church Service. Yes, we have Sunday Inspiration. It happens on Clubhouse every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And this is a recording of the latest, I was going to say episodes, not an episode. It's Sunday Inspiration with the Witches. And our musical inspiration for this service, this inspirational service, is Roberto Del Rey. And his info will be in the show notes so that you can support his incredible work. He's a professional, professionally trained singer, and he graces us. He has sung at every Christian Witches Church service we've ever had, including the very first one, which you'll hear us talk about from the Christian Witches Convention. I give you Christian Witches Church service. Enjoy. Christian Witches, oh, I can't even say it. Christian Witches Inspiration Sunday Inspiration Service. I am uh, here to serve you, Reverend Valerie Love, also known as Kaisi. And today, 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 I'm very happy. It's, it's the day before my birthday. So tomorrow's my birthday. So, woohoo! Um, tomorrow, tomorrow's a big six oh, Robert. It's a big six oh. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'll be 36 again for the 24th time. It's the 24th. <laughs> Because y'all know how I do. I do not do, you know, all them uh, numbers. Uh, I just picked 36. And I said, let me stay at 36. I like 36. I like it. So I'll be 36 for the 24th time. Again, tomorrow, October 4th. Super happy. And I got a lot coming up this month. It's going to be a huge month. Wow. It's a, it's a, I, I, I'm amazed that I didn't die. <laughs> With all the stuff I experience I'm like amazed I didn't die yet and so you know what I gotta be super 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 thankful um because um I read the other day that there was a druid named Helen who lived to be 60 I think in the 1500s and that was double the life expectancy the life expectancy for a woman woman back there was 30 because I guess if you didn't die die in childbirth and your husband didn't beat you to death and if they didn't call you a witch and burn you I mean it was very it was very uh <laughs> dangerous for a woman back in the <laughs> dangerous. Well, um, I read that she lived to be 60. She was double the life expectancy. A druid in uh, named Helen. And I found that very intriguing. So uh, a lot has changed over the course of the world and over the course of human history. And so to be it at any birthday, it's a huge celebration. Any birthday. It's another trip around the sun. It's another opportunity to shine, right? Yes? Amen. Happy birthday, Brandon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Six times around the sun in sixty-four. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I'm really amazed. I'm. I'm amazed at the twists and turns of my life, and I'm amazed at how good it can get. And I'm amazed at how how delicious life is if you press persevere. And I'm amazed at how your destiny saves you. And while I'm preaching already, but let's begin. Deep breath. You are, you are at Sunday Inspiration, and it is being recorded. So if you hop on stage, don't say anything that you wouldn't want the whole world to hear. And we are in the Christian Witches Room, the Christian Witches Community, which is all about Christ consciousness and ascension, and using magic as a means, as Christ did. I guess you could say Christ was the original Christian, which is the OG. 
And so if you are aspiring to Christ's consciousness, a consciousness of love and unforgiveness, love, forgiveness, acceptance of all people, beauty, creativity, ascension, knowing that you are one with the entire, with the all, as he put it, I and the Father are one, just as you and I are one, Father meaning source, then you're in the right place. Let's pray. And for us, a prayer is simply being the presence of God, being the presence of spirit. Remember, prayer is not words. Prayer is energy and prayer is vibration. So knowing in this right now moment that all of our ancestors are present, knowing that the angels have assembled for this most auspicious occasion, Knowing that here are our spirit gods, the ones who have been faithfully serving us in this lifetime, even when we wanted to go the other way, they were like, come, come, boo, come this way. Here in the presence of higher self, the true self, the self of all selves. Here in the presence of what we know as Mary Magdalene, the divine consort of Christ, to whom he invested and entrusted the secret teachings here in the presence of Christ, knowing that Christ is the keeper and custodian of the Piscean age. And as we move out of the Piscean age and into the age of Aquarius, we honor this keeper of our age. Lift us, oh lift us. Thy will be done, Ashe. Ashe. Ashe, Ashe. And now we turn to our musical inspiration, brought to us by the incredible professional singer, yes, professional singer who also has a Patreon, professional singer who has sung at every single Christian witch's service from the very first Christian witch's Sunday inspiration service that was ever conducted on Easter Sunday in Salem, Massachusetts, at the Christian Witches Convention, making history. He sung and brought the house down and brought the tears down with it. I give you Roberto Del Rey. <laughs> Good morning, fam. How y'all doing? Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, just wanted to uh, be inspirational this morning and sing a little bit of uh, To God Be the Glory.
Hashe, Hashe, and it always brings tears to my eyes when you cry. I think when you when you sing, oh my God, what a gift, what a gift you have, and what a gift you are. God said this morning, it's like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And it just came to me, so there it is. I listen. <laughs> ah, isn't that the best thing for us to do? It's for it's us the to best listen. Thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for blessing us so many times with your gift. And, you know, you have a Patreon. Do you want to share your Patreon? So that everyone listening on the podcast forever and ever, because I love doing things that last forever and ever. Those who are on the (laughs) And that's... Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm sharing my gift over on the Patreon page under Roberto Del Rey. You can hop on over there. I have clips of me. Uh, it's a video clip of me on stage, and there are uh, inspirational, amazing grace. There's some arias on there, some Christmas music, and so forth. Oh, my goodness. And not to mention, they can hop over right now. Can you take money on on right here on Clubhouse? Because I sure am going to hit you up with some, some dough today. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing to be in a position to receive, yes? It is indeed, yes. Oh my goodness. And Robert, I've known you for so many years and seen such an incredible transformation and growth and you left your job and you became free and you, how how was it? I just, I had to ask you that quick question before we get into our our message for this morning. How was that? I know it was hard. It was hard. It was scary. Uh, six months of battling and got mad at you. I'm like, this lady crazy trying to take away my money. Uh, <laughs> I get that a lot. I, to, uh, <laughs> I said, I get that a lot. <laughs> yes. Even though I knew I wasn't supposed to be there, my spirit kept saying, uh, you don't need to be at the front desk. I would get sick every time I'd go to work and so forth. But uh, I jumped off the cliff and it was scary. And it was the thing that affirmed it for me was. I looked up in the middle of the pandemic and I said, I left the job three years ago and you've been good, even better than good. And here in the pandemic, when you hear so many people lose it, you're still good. And that was affirmation where it was like, this was correct. You did the right thing. You just keep going. And look at that. And maybe in the pandemic, they probably would have got rid of a lot of people anyway, huh? Anyway, right? Hello? Yeah. So what are we waiting for, right? Get, exactly. get out there and live. You were at the first ever Christian Witches Convention making yes. history at, before everything blew up, before we knew that the world was going to take a very exactly. interesting, a very a fascinating turn of events was coming up for us, right? We didn't know that. <laughs> How was it? How was your experience at the Christian Witches Convention? Because I, I, I'm feeling that we'll be there again. Uh, probably in New Orleans in, in 2022, um, getting together again with the family, with the magical family, the witchy family that we love getting together with. So how was it? I loved it. Um, I, uh, you know, there's a sense of camaraderie when you're on uh, online, uh, your community, and you speak with one another, you see each other through these devices, but to be in the presence of everyone and feel that energy uh, was really incredible. Even from the first night I arrived and I was on the street and saw people and just ran to them. I'm like, this man running up to people, you don't know them. But <laughs> that was the type of community it was. And that first night event was incredible. I loved that. Uh, all of it was. And that church service, wow. 
wow, there was not a dry eye in the place. You know, I even saw. Mm-hmm. I even saw my son hop up and and get the spirit, and that was. <laughs> We got him. We got him too. We got him too. <laughs> he even had. It was awesome. Wow. He even had on his Christian witch's shirt. He even had the merch on. <laughs> oh my goodness. You and Mr. Witcher and everybody. It was incredible. I was really, really um, like I said, like we said, we didn't know what was coming, and the. When we had to cancel it because the world, the pandemic, you know, that we were going through, say, sit down, shut up. Uh, it was a little hurtful, although I understood it because I was looking forward to the second one. Well, here we are um, about to embark on that again next year in 2022. I'm getting all systems go because I've been being still and listening, you know, all systems go. So I'm very thankful, and I'm getting all systems go from New Orleans for the Christian Witches Convention. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what came to me. Yeah, can you imagine that we'll be in New Orleans? Yeah, it's it's uh it's amazing. I'm 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 looking forward to that because um, New Orleans is like one of my favorite magical places in the in the world. I could sit in those in those crypts and those. Oh my goodness. You know what I love about New Orleans? Um, you, like you said, you can walk down the street, you can be a witch, a warlock, you could be a Bible thumper, you could be a, a vampire, you could be a voodoo priestess, and no one will bat an eye. That's what I love about it. And that you be, that's right. Yeah, you, you see everything. In New, it reminds me of my home, New York, except New York is a lot grittier and, and, and cutting edge and more, it's, it's, it's very different. It's not magical. New York, I didn't, I didn't sense any magic in New York whatsoever. Um, yet in New Orleans, the magic is palpable, especially the voodoo. That's voodoo land. It's palpable. Absolutely. Isn't it? It is. It's no doubt about it, yeah. So get ready for New Orleans, family, or like they say down there, New Orleans. New Orleans. That's what they say, right? They call it New Orleans. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And there's going to be an amazing place where we're going to be staying. It is amazing. So, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's spacious. It's perfect for us. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. So get ready for New Orleans. Get ready for New Orleans. All right. <laughs> We're going to get into our message for today at Sunday Inspiration. And this inspirational message is coming from the book of Ezekiel. And I know you may say inspiration from the book of Ezekiel because Ezekiel was rather magical and Ezekiel was rather profound in his visions. 
And I want to share with you something that has been unfolding for me. And I know this is going to maybe sound strange, but maybe you're in the same place. Maybe you've started to have some of these things unfold for you as well. So no better place to talk about it than in Christian Witches Service, because each service we do some teaching. Yes, it's inspiration. It also has some teaching with the inspiration. So the book of Ezekiel. I've always been fascinated by Ezekiel and by the things that he saw. And when I was a little girl, I would gravitate growing up in the cult and they made us read the Bible every single day. I would gravitate to the books of the Bible that had magic and mysticism in it because, you know, I was a witch and I am a witch and I'm a magical being and you're a magical being too of some sort. And that's the only reason you'd be hearing this message or you'd be drawn to this is because you have magic in your blood and it's strumming and you were drawn here by that strumming. Well, when I was reading the Bible, I was drawn to very, very, very particular people in the Bible. I was drawn to Daniel because I thought Daniel was extremely um, magical and he did live in the heart of, of magic, one of the seats of magic, Babylon. And I was also drawn to Ezekiel. I was drawn to Elijah and Elisha. And I was drawn to Elijah because he went on this magic chariot into the heavens. I was drawn to Enoch, even though they didn't talk a lot about Enoch, because of course, um, you know, the book of Enoch was off limits because it just told you too many secrets beyond the veil that they just didn't want you to have. Well, if we were not being dumbed down by whomever, let's just call it people that don't want you to be, to remember your God. Okay. Let's just put it all, all the people that do not want you to remember your divinity, that you are an immortal being, that you are an energy being, a multidimensional being, galactic being, all the powers I won't even call them powers because they're not really operating from power. They're operating from force. All the forces, visible and invisible, that do not want you to remember that you can heal your body yourself, that do not want you to remember that you're God, that do not want you to remember that you can overcome anything with your mind, that do not want you to remember that you can bend spoons with your mind. Yeah, all those forces, visible and invisible, anyone... I will put into this category anyone and any entity that has a vested interest in you not being God. All of them, let's just put them in one category. The naysayers. Now, let's put in another dimension, because you exist in another dimension. All the beings that remember their God, uh, that's Krishna, Buddha, Allah, uh, uh, Muhammad, Allah being God, Muhammad, Christ, uh, Kuan Yin, Paramahansa Yogananda, many, many, Gandhi, maybe Martin Luther King, all the people that had some kind of ascension experience, definitely Madiba, Nelson Mandela, all the people that had some kind of ascension experience and ascended this third dimension while they were in it. They remembered their true power and they wielded it. Mother Teresa, let all of you Let's put all of these beautiful beings, right? Magical beings into another category, even though they don't fit in any category at all. Let's just call them those who are in another dimension. Okay, so you have the naysayers and then you have those who live in multiple dimensions, the multi-dimensioners, I guess you could call it, right? I was always repelled by the naysayers, even though I grew up 
around some naysayers. My mother was not a naysayer. My mother was a multidimensional dimensioner, even though she was in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'll tell you, I knew that she was a multidimensioner because she did things that were from the multiverse. So people may purport that they're Christian. Oh yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then they come home and they work magic, like pulling roots from, they work plant magic. They pull roots from the garden, like my grandmothers did, and they cook up a stew, and, and they brew this and that, and they mix up a potion. My mother had potions galore. My mother was a stitch witch. She could take a ball of yarn, and 10 minutes later, poof, it was a sweater. I, I, I don't, not everybody knows how to do that. Stitch witches do. She tried to teach it to me, and she, she taught me crochet and knitting and sewing and all of the needles were her wand. My mother was multidimensional. Now she said that she was a Christian, a devout Christian, and she would would uh, not accept anything on a rational level. She would refute anything that was not in the third dimension as being demonized or demon possessed. That was her stance from what she said. Now, what she did was much broader. So if you look at your mothers and your grandmothers and, and all of the people that you grew up with, yeah, maybe, maybe they all said they were Christians. Oh, Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. Oh, yes, John 3, 16, yes, he gave his life for us, yes. I mean, it's a blood religion. It's built on a blood sacrifice. So all of this they were saying, and then they were doing very magical things. Maybe they didn't know it was magic. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't know it was magical on one hand because they got it passed down to them from other people who were doing it. I come from a long line of magical practitioners and healers, and I'm sure you probably do too. So part of it probably yes. was, right? You too? Robert? Oh, with no doubt. And the same connection as you. Uh, every summer, uh, my parents, you know, as they did, black parents, send your kids away all summer. All summer we went, guess where we were? Down south, they send you down south. Yes, with three Jehovah Witnesses, and I'm gonna leave it right there. Oh my God, you were basically in hell then. <laughs> <laughs> really scary, right? You know. So they they purported, yes, they purported with all strength and with all uh, with with uh, vehemence that they were indeed. Christ-loving, Bible-thumping people, and that was the devil, and this was the devil, and that was the devil. Yet, unbeknownst to them, they were still practicing magic. And here is magic. They did plant magic because, of course, they went into the into the exactly like witches do the exact same thing. They went into the to the into the garden. They pulled this weed and this weed and this weed, uh, and this this plant and this herb. They brewed it all together and they made you drink it. Now I don't I don't know what you would call that other than plant healing and plant medicine and they knew the energies of these plants not just that the plant could heal you just on the physical level they also knew that if they rubbed these things on you if they put it around in the room that you would get it so how is it how is it that them putting it around in the room is not even touching you how are you going to get it they were doing magic they were doing magic okay give me another example my grandmother used to say don't never let nobody get your hair girl girl and I used to be, baby, don't let nobody get your hair. And I used to not really understand that. And I used to watch my grandmother comb her hair, take the hair that was in the comb, the hair that was in the brush. She would clean it meticulously and she would flush it down the toilet. 
She said, never let anyone get your hair. Where is that from? That's from hoodoo. Because our hoodoo practitioners know that some of the things that they do, they can tap into the energy of a person through the person's saliva, through a strand of hair from the person, through the person's pee, uh, any is sweat, uh, semen, any of the things that are coming off of your person. People, if you do not uh, properly dispose of these things or probably uh, take care of yourself on an energetic level, people can get a hold of these things and do what they will. Now, of course, you're impervious to that depending on your consciousness, depending on your consciousness. So that was a magical practice that had nothing to do with Jesus, even though this is a devout Christian that I'm talking about. So I could give you example after example after example. My mother healed us with potions. She did not heal us with the doctor. The doctor didn't come to our house. We didn't see doctors. Now there's over preponderance of people running to the doctor every 10 minutes. That's a very new phenomenon. I'm having my um, 24th anniversary of my 36th birthday on, on this planet tomorrow as I speak this on October the 4th. This is October the 3rd. And I will tell you that the world has changed so much in these six decades. It is, is mind-bending. When we were little we did not see a doctor. We did not see a doctor. Say so. Your parents healed you. Your mama and your grandmama healed you. They made you drink pot liquor. They put some castor oil down your throat. They put some, some cod liver oil down your throat. They gave you some yes. kind of potion, didn't they? Were they running to the doctor with you every 10 minutes? Never. No. Didn't happen. Now, I remember having the chicken pox, and I was in extreme itchiness, and my grandmother kept telling me, don't scratch it, don't scratch it, don't scratch it, and my mother was putting calamine lotion on me. Calamine lotion was this pink lotion that they used to use on kids when we were little. I don't know if they still have it somewhere, but they like to take away a lot of these natural remedies from people, but you can still get them if you look for them. Well, she used to put calamine lotion on us. It was dot, 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 and I was still itching, itching, itching. It was unbearable. My, my grandmother said, come here. Because, you know, Big Mama sometimes has to step in because my mother would have me when she was 19 years old and she was still living with her mother. So my mother was accustomed to her mother saying, okay, let me handle this. Just like the elephant herd, right? The, the Big Mama elephant, she's going to handle something if the mother of the baby elephant doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Right? And they, they yield to her, right? They yield to Big Mama. It's very much a matriarchal uh, situation in, in the elephant herd is matriarchal. And same thing in my family. Well, do you know what my grandmother did? I will never forget this. I was looking at her. I was like, what is this lady doing? She got some baking soda. My grandmother lived by baking soda. If your stomach got upset, she would put a couple of teaspoons of baking soda. We didn't have Alka-Seltzer, so we didn't know anything about it unless we saw it on TV. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. We didn't know anything about that because grandma already had that covered. Grandma would go in the cabinet, get the baking soda, take a teaspoon or so of baking soda, put it in warm water. You would drink it, your stomach would be good. Well, Grandma got the baking soda, she got some Vaseline, and she made a paste. I couldn't believe it. Simple. She made a paste, and she smeared it all over me, and the itch was gone in a second. Now, I don't know if anyone knows that if you put out, uh, uh, and they, she did believe in Vaseline, uh, if you put Vaseline with baking soda, I'm not giving you any medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm telling you what my experience is that you mix it together in a paste and it, the itch was gone. I'm talking instantaneously. And that calamine lotion that was from the store supposedly that was supposed to help you, maybe it helped you a little bit. It didn't get in there and really eat. Like I could go to sleep. 
like grandma can take care of it. You know, then they have that way of rubbing you and they had that way of loving on you and they have that way of just uh, the energy. It was energy. What the energy? Yes, I have it one. Uh, my grandmother used to have, uh, uh, they used to call it snuff. And she would hold it in her jaw walk around as a child. My grandma always got her jaw sticking out, sticking out. I don't care what ailment we had. She would go in there and I thought it was the worst thing. Ugh, grandma, everything. First time I literally saw a bee sting, a hornet sting come out of the skin when she put it on me. Every situation we had from her mouth, she I'm just agreeing. It's the truth. And it is astonishing that we believe more in a doctor with a white coat. This is how much our heads have been hijacked. That we believe more in outside, quote unquote, remedies that are all, none of them heal. They only treat. And they all say, we're going to treat you with, oh no, it can't be cured. We're going to treat you with this for the rest of your life. You're going to have this for the rest of your life. You're going to have diabetes for the rest of your life. What? Why am I coming to you? Yes. Why am I coming to you if you're telling me I'm going to have something for the rest of my life? You go to a healer to be healed. I said, well, forget it. Let me go to the shamans in the woods and to the root doctors and to grandma because they healed shit. They didn't say, oh, you're going to just have this forever. They didn't do that. And so remember, we have the naysayers, those who have a vested interest as we set out these two categories of people, those who have a vested interest in you not being the whole you. And then we have the multidimensioners. That's all of us here. Okay, so let's go further. So grandma, my mother also had this potion that was in the refrigerator and I hated it. It was horrible because I don't know why. And still today I take plant medicines and plant medicines have healed my body of everything. I'm about to be 36 again for the 24th time tomorrow on my birthday. I don't have not one pill and not one ailment in my entire body. Why? Because I'm on plants. I'm not on pills. I'm on plants. So my mother had in her kitchen, in the refrigerator, she kept this concoction onion, garlic, lemon, honey, mixed together. It was the nastiest thing. It was a gook. It was thick. I don't know why these things always have to be nasty and thick and, and you can't hardly swallow it and you're choking on it. She had golden seal. If something was wrong with you, you would, you would get a cup of golden seal and golden seal was, uh, it, and it still had the roots and the shoots and the bits in the bottom of the Cup. When I was a kid, I thought this. I thought this woman was trying to kill me. That's what I thought. I didn't know she was saving my life. I thought this woman was trying to kill me. I thought it was a death out, death warrant out of my life or something. Why is she? Why is she torturing us? Right? That's what un, uninitiated eyes know. What I now know is that I come from a long line of plant healers, and I know you come from a long line of energy healers. You wouldn't be able to have it. You wouldn't be able to have it in your blood. You wouldn't be able to sit in this conversation right now. You wouldn't be even drawn to this experience right now if you didn't have that long line of magic in your blood, plant healing, crystal healing, energy healing, root medicine, earth medicine, sky medicine, something. You have something. So I said all that to say that when I was little, and I was raised by wonderful, wonderful Christian witches. They were all Christian witches now. If I said that they probably, you know, are, are right now, like they have a broader perspective. If I had said this to them when they were in this life, they would have said no. And they would have, it, it would have been a horrifying, it wouldn't have been a conversation, right? It probably would have been the beat down and Valerie sit down and shut up because you don't know what to say. It would have been something like that. 
now, with all of them being ancestors and they have a broader perspective, it's, it's clear to me, and they feed me this information, that they were all Christian witches. They had all their magic from the earth, from the sky, from plants, from, from all manner of energy that they had, from hoodoo. They had all of that, and they had their Bible, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was all integrated perfectly, so when people tell you you can't be a Christian witch, send them to this podcast episode. Send them to the work of Christian witches globally. It's not my work. It's the work that Christ would have done on this planet to remind us of our magic. Okay, so growing up with these witches, i just give you that backdrop so we have a context for this conversation. They're telling me to read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. So I was drawn to Ezekiel because it was very fascinating. And I loved these fantasy adventures when I was little. And for me, the Bible is not a historical book. It's not a book that is supposed to tell you literally exactly what happened. And I am with the rabbi who said anybody who takes the entire Bible literally is a fool. I am of the same uh, thought that this is not a literal book. This is not a historical book. So atheists have very uh, slippery ground. Some atheists stand on very slippery ground because they they can debunk the Bible. Therefore, they feel they can debunk God. And these are two very different things. Because it's questionable if God even wrote the Bible. No, no it's, for me, it's not questionable. The, God did not write the Bible. So I, I'm clear on that. I don't have any problem with it whatsoever because God didn't write Lord of the Rings either and I enjoyed that immensely as well. Neither did God write Harry Potter and I love that too. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not in the camp that this is the infallible word of God because I did my study and my research. Now, once again, there are other naysayers that want to keep you in a place where you do not know that you're God and keep you bound to a book that says you can't do this and you can't do that. And all I would offer is that you go and you do some research and it's so easy to do it. Right now, you don't even have to read books. When I was coming up, you had to read books, as Encyclopedia Britannica and all of that. Right now, it's a YouTube search. Is the Bible real? Is the Bible historical? What happened with the Bible? And just read about the redactors and the Bible, the overhaul of the Bible in 6th century BCE. And you start to really understand how the Bible came to be. How did the Bible come to be? How did these books come together? Just watch my Forbidden Knowledge series and you start to understand how all this stuff came together. And this is, I call it Forbidden Knowledge, even though it's not forbidden, it's that people don't want to know. It's not that they can't know. Is they don't want to know because if you know it, it's going to upset your whole worldview. It's going to upset probably everything you believed up until this point, up until this juncture. That's the reason that we don't like it. Isn't that the truth, Robert? And the problem is that we, our identity is tied into that. So that's why we get so um, out of sorts and, and uh, get our panties in a bunch when somebody comes along and tells us something that we've believed for 20, 30, 40, 50 years is not true. It's not so. Well, right? Oh, amen. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. And you know what I love? I love finding out these things. Because for me, I'm an adventurer and I'm a discoverer and I, I, I have that go seek and, and find. I'm a truth seeker. I'm looking for things. Okay, so I grew up with all of that. Now we know about the Bible and you know my stance on the Bible. Now let's go to Ezekiel. So Ezekiel had a very, very, very fascinating vision. Ezekiel saw the chariot of God. And you can read this in Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter, chapter 2. I've read these chapters over and over and over. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I could not get it when I was little. And I probably just got it recently. I could not get it when I was little. 
yet I knew there was something there. I knew he was seeing this. Wasn't he seeing a chariot? He called it a chariot or it was a moving vehicle. And he described it in detail. Ezekiel probably described it in more detail than anyone else who had seen anything of this nature before. Now I'm going to offer something to you that's going to be very possibly unsettling. Was this an extraterrestrial vehicle of some sort? Now he called it God because of course everything that we see coming from the sky is God. If I went back to the 15th century and I was walking around Scotland and I showed them a mobile phone and I called someone in another village and they could answer it and we could talk, they would call that witchcraft. They would either burn me at the stake or they would elevate me to me being a God, their new goddess that just came down from heaven. All advanced technology looks like God to us. It, 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 why? Because it elicits, it elicits awe because it's something that we have not fathomed could be possible. Yet in the last 20 years, so many things have happened that we could not have fathomed and yet they're here. Now, what do I mean by some kind of extraterrestrial, uh, uh, extraterrestrial vehicle? Now, I, I don't want you to go to Star Trek and thinking spaceships and weird creatures and all of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that I've been digging very deeply into lately, and that's the Sumerian tablets, as well as the Anunnaki, as well as all of these ancient stories. It, it, it has been mind-blowing, and I'm going to do a whole series on this in, in Forbidden Knowledge. It has been mind-blowing that all of the ancient civilizations tell the same story, not the scripted story. The scripted story is what we got in history. The scripted story is what you got right now in science. The scripted story is what you have in religion right now. That was very carefully manufactured by the naysayers. The ones who don't want you to be God, they have a vested interest in you not knowing everything and being God. Now, in these ancient, from the Mayan civilization to the Dogon people in Africa called star people, they're called star people. The Dogon from the Aboriginal people in Australia to the um, Sumerians, ancient Sumerians, of course, ancient Egyptians, Kemite, Kushite, all the ancient civilizations said the same thing. Star people came. They all tell the same story. Now, I can understand if the Sumerians, the Kushites, the Kemites, and the Egyptians, and the Dogon, I could understand if they had a similar story because you can kind of travel from Sumeria. You, you can travel from Kemet and Kush down to Egypt, which they did. And, and yeah, you can understand that some, they would, some syncretization would have happened there with uh, things get syncretized sort of melded together. I could understand that. And I could also understand if the Dogon people um, were in in sort of, it, it, it could be explained away if all of the people were on the same continent or landmass. And it could also be explained away even if they were not on the same continent or landmass because there were some that were, of course, in Sumeria. They could have come around across the water, just, you know, over and down into Egypt. I could see that. I cannot see that the Mayans had the same thing. 
because Mesoamerica was across the ocean. And yes, we did have ocean-faring people that went all the way across the ocean. I'm talking about indigenous people to the area have the same story. Then you go to the North American people and they have the same story. Now let's go to the structures. And then I'm gonna show you how this connects with Ezekiel and why this is Sunday inspiration and why this ought to really light up your whole soul. If we go to the ancient structures that are in North America, that are in Mesoamerica, down here in, in Latin America, they call it Latin America now, where I live in Mexico, I live right in the middle of the Maya. My soul brought me here. I live in the energy of the Maya. I believe I had to live here or be here for a while. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here until the spirit takes me to the next place I'm going. I believe I had to be here sitting in the middle of all these ancient pyramids. I mean, it's a pyramid everywhere you turn. From Chichen Itza to uh, Uchmal. Uchmal is an ancient Mayan city civilization. An ancient Mayan city and I went to Uchmal and I, I was stunned. And all of these ancient, and, and by the way, Chichen Itza pyramid rivals the pyramids of Egypt. That's why it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It, it, it's the same. You could go to Egypt or you could come down here to my neighborhood and go to Chichen Itza. Same thing. And if we go to the structures also in North America, and if we go over to Africa, South Africa, to a place called Adam's Calendar, you also will see there that there is an ancient stone structures. And we, we have the ancient stone structures throughout the world. And Goblaki Tepe. Now they want us to believe that ancient people like me and you, regular people like me and you, had slaves that built the pyramids. How did they get the stones? Many of these stones came from miles and miles and miles away. So obviously there was some kind of energetic in ancient Africa. In South Africa, they show you that there could possibly have been some kind of energy conveyance system through these stones using the, the electromagnetic, using an advanced technology that we even still don't have. Well, when you look at all of these ancient structures throughout the world, they want us to believe, this is, this is what the naysayers are telling you. All of this was built by regular people. Well, how did they do it? We don't know. What, what, this is too heavy for them to have carried. Yes, but they probably had slaves. Yeah, but how many slaves? Uh, lots of slaves. It was just tons and tons of slaves. Yet, none of these uh, tombs, people that they're bringing out of these tombs, have the bodies of slaves. These people are not broken down. Okay, going further. We look at all of these ancient stone structures around the world in many different countries. We look at all of the indigenous people's stories, and they all say the same thing. Star people came. People came from star, and the Bible says the same thing. The Bible says, didn't the Bible say that there were angels, the way the Bible puts it, angels, there was a war in heaven. Didn't they say that it was a war in heaven? All these ancient civilizations say the same thing too. There was a war in heaven. It was a big war. And that angels came down. Doesn't it say that angels came down? Sure does. Doesn't it say that, right? And it said that they made it with the women on the planet because they found them to be attractive, right? So, yes. right? Isn't that what it says? 
It says it. Now all these other ancient civilizations say the same thing. They say, but the angel, the Bible puts it in a way that's very spiritual, that these were beings of God, that these are, you know, we didn't we didn't question that they had wings and angels. Yes, I'm 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 all, I'm all on board for angels, for sure. I'm also on board for I'm on board for anything. And when I say I'm on board for anything, it means I'm open to learning anything new. I'm, I'm open to examining it and coming, drawing my own conclusions. I'm a critical thinker and a researcher. I'm a scientist and I love that. Okay, so let's go further. All these ancient civilizations say that there were star people or sky people, the Bible calls them angels, that came to earth and found the women to be attractive and they mated with the woman and women and what did they produce giants isn't that what it says they produced that's what it says right well did you see that giant footprint they have the skulls they have a giant footprint that is in South Africa right now that they will never show you on the news because it's, the naysayers it's not part of the the script see they have a script and if you go outside that script you are labeled a heretic if you go outside the script religiously as i did you are labeled a heretic a blasphemer a crazy person an apostate if you're christian i think christian and muslim both have that word apostate you turned your back on the faith you're crazy you're an outcast they will do the best they can to absolutely come after, uh, uh, not come after you, uh, absolutely um, obliterate anything that you're saying is true. They will try to find any way possible to debunk what you are referring to, what you're talking about. Okay, let's go further. If you go outside of the script of the naysayers in science, you are absolutely shredded. Even, even Brene Brown said that. They told her, you're going to study shame? She says, yes, I'm going to study shame. That was her destiny. That was her calling. And they said, well, say goodbye to your career as a, as a scientist that's taken seriously. Because the naysayers, she went outside the script. Everyone who goes outside the script of the naysayers is going to have this same experience. Jesus was outside of the script. Buddha was outside of the script. You know what the script was for Buddha's life? Stay in the palace. He could only see young people. If somebody got too old, they put him out the palace. They never let him see anyone old, anyone sick, anyone that had any kind of issue, any kind of problem. The first time Buddha saw people like that, he came out of the palace and Buddha was walking. He was like 19, 20. He had never seen an old person before. He was outside the palace. He saw a person that was old. He said, what's that? Like they had gray hair and whatnot. That's old, people get old. What is old? Like, you're not young anymore. What does that mean? He didn't even know what that meant. He saw somebody limping, somebody sick. What, what's going on with them? They're sick. He was like, oh, well damn, my whole life has been a lie. Because you have shielded me from everything that is the reality. He stepped out of the script. So anytime you get off the script, you're gonna have some, you're gonna have some real, real, real um, heat coming at you. And you're gonna have heat, not only from the people who are the naysayers who wrote the script and who are perpetrating the script, you're also going to have heat from the people who have bought the script, who have bought it, hook, line, and sinker. They, they love the script. They live their life in the script. They needed it. That's all, the truth. 
Isn't that the truth? They want the script. They want it. They need it. Let them have it. There's no reason for you to take people off the script. If they don't want to be off the script, leave them. And that doesn't mean that you leave people in a place where uh, you know it's not beneficial. It means everyone must come to it on their own, in their own time, in their own way. We cannot force anyone to do anything. You get off. You got off the script. Yay. You keep going. You ascend. Didn't Christ say, as I be lifted up, all men be lifted up with me? As I rise, as I be lifted up, all men are lifted up with me. Didn't he say that? That as you, yes, yes, as you go up, you keep going up. That's your job. You keep going up. All people, all men will be lifted up. All men, women, children, others, anyone who's not men or woman, don't identify with either one. All beings will be lifted up if you lift up. So you have one thing to concern yourself with, and that is your own consciousness. Okay, so I'm looking at Ezekiel. I'm understanding these ancient civilizations. I'm understanding the Bible is giving us very profound insights into perhaps star people. Um, I, I'm not even going to say perhaps anymore because I'm convinced. I've, I've done enough research. I understand it completely. I need you. I If you are, I don't need you to do anything. I and putting in front of you something that you can research if you so choose. That's how I want to say that. Because everyone's a free agent to do what they desire, and everyone's God. And some core level, you already know you're from the stars anyway. Like, they did our actual composition, and our actual composition of our body is stardust. So, you kind of already know you're from somewhere. I've always known that. Let's go to Ezekiel and let's, I think the Bible for me confirms because it is my principal book. So I go to see if it's so magic. I go see if I can find magic in the Bible and whoop, there it is. I read, and when I say the Bible, let me expand it to, I am not talking about 66 books of the accepted canon. I went off the script with that too. I'm talking about the pseudepigrapha, including the apocrypha. So if you can get a Bible with the apocrypha, get that. And then also I'm talking about the pseudepigrapha. Go to pseudepigrapha.com. What were you going to say about that, Robert? Oh, my God. When you uh, are doing your own research and trying to find your way and figuring things out, then you read what was taken up. It's just mind-blowing. That's what I was going to say. The full picture, not just what was fed to you for control reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. The script, right? The naysayers and the script. There's a script. and There indeed is. Right? And you stay on the script and you're going to be rewarded. They're going to give you accolades. You're going to have acceptance. You go off the script, you're probably going to be somewhat of a lone wolf. And you're going to become what they used to call in our day, the black sheep of the family. That was me. I was always doing something weird. I was always doing something magical. I was always off some some even if I was in my own trance state within my consciousness I was always doing something magical and weird yeah, there she goes again so here's what put the nail in the coffin for me with regard to Ezekiel here's how I finally am able to understand what Ezekiel was talking about all those thousands of years ago and what he saw mm. 
Ezekiel was saying extraterrestrial vehicle. And he described it in detail. He said there was a wheel within a wheel and there were four of them. He wrote the whole thing down. And it's right in the Bible. I mean, things are in plain sight. I don't know if we see them or want to see them. But I kept tapping at it and pecking at it and scratching along like an archaeologist with a little brush, brushing away dirt in the middle of Egypt somewhere because you know there. then you find this whole big huge temple underground. That was me like just, these temples are not just sitting outside, just anybody go, here's the temple. You have to dig. You know, you're an archaeologist, you're a scientist, you're an explorer, you're a discoverer. So I was just scratching and scratching and scratching. And then finally, you, you something you tap and there's duh, 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 something hollow. It's like, <gasps> and then they clear away and there's this whole underground temple. Well, it's underground now because sands, right? It wasn't underground back then, but the blowing of the sands. And then all of a sudden you move all the sand away. Here's a whole temple. That's what I feel like happened to me with Ezekiel. And I'm so happy that Ezekiel is with us in this conversation because Ezekiel is a multidimensional. He's in the multiverse. And he is communicating with you right now. I believe Ezekiel may have told me this information. Well, here's what happened. He saw, read Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 2, read the whole book of Ezekiel. He saw a multi-directional chariot type flying uh, craft, let's call it. It had a wheel within a wheel. Didn't he say that? A wheel within a wheel? Didn't he say that? Showed up and they got a song about, spirituals about. Really? What does it say in the song? Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. Now, he saw it in the sky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what more evidence do we need? <laughs> right? Yet the naysayers want you to believe that this was a chariot of God. And beautiful, maybe you can believe that. It's up to you what you believe. Let's go further. It was a wheel within a wheel. And it was four of them. And he described that when it changed directions, it didn't have to turn around. Do you remember that it could go in any of the four directions instantaneously? Like our aircraft and our cars, you actually have to turn it around if you want to go another direction. Do you remember that? Didn't it say that too? Sure did. Yes. So look here. It's showing us that Ezekiel is witnessing a multi-dimensional craft. If it wants to go north, it just goes north. If it wants to go uh, west, it goes west. From where it's standing, it does not have to turn around. Now, guess what? NASA has a patent on this wheel. They recreated it. What? Do you hear what I'm telling you? Do you, this is what, this is when the thing, uh, this is what put the nails in the coffin for me, for Ezekiel. See, because you've got to, you've got to examine all aspects of the thing. You cannot just look in the Bible and think you're going to have the whole story. You're going to have to look into quantum physics. You're going to have to look into science, biology. You're going to have to look into psychology. You're going to have to look into ancient mythology. You're going to have to look into archaeology, all of these things. 
And if you don't want to look into all these things, hey, what else are we doing with our time? I mean, we're going to be here for a long time. Why not seek the truth? And you're just going to be a better person anyway. This is your own journey of unfoldment. They have a patent on it, Robert. NASA has a patent on it. It's called the Omnidirectional Wheel. It's omnidirectional. It can go any direction without turning. So if we thought the wheel was something, imagine a wheel within a wheel under your car. So you got four wheels. If we thought the wheel was such a great invention, right? It's such an amazing thing. <laughs> and here are these beings, the Anunnaki, the star people, they, they had so much more advanced technology. They had a wheel within a wheel. It was omnidirectional and it did not need to turn. Therefore, steering, we're past steering. You don't need steering. And by a thought or a word or command, you go south or you go north or you go left and you never have to turn the thing. It's omnidirectional. Have you ever heard of anything omnidirectional? You've never probably even seen anything omnidirectional in your life. NASA has, because they recreated it and they have a patent on it, like I said. And I'll give you the exact name in the notes of this podcast episode that's going to be in the Christian Witches podcast. I will give you the exact name of the scientist who patented it. It is a particular patent name, an omnidirectional wheel. And what started happening as I began to delve deeper into these ancient mysteries and into the Bible and history and archaeology and and quantum physics and astronomy and astrology and all of these disciplines, they're all pointing to the same thing. They're all pointing to our extraterrestrial origins. And let me be clear, just because what Ezekiel saw in my mind, I'm convinced was a, or the conclusion that my critical thinking and research has brought me to was that he was viewing a craft of one of the star people uh, or a group of the star people that he was actually literally seeing. And he wasn't the only one. There's many stories in the Bible and there's many stories even now. And I just interviewed Sharon Fant. And when we were in the ayahuasca experience, she went on a starship as well. She went on a space, she called it a spaceship. So, and, and I can't tell you how many people have been on these spaceships. They've even started pulling implants from people that people were on spaceships. I mean, we got so many stories of people on spaceships now. It ought to be normal. It ought to be in the history books. But once again, it's not on the script. It's not on the script. So, let's wrap this up. Just because this craft let's call it, that Ezekiel was witnessing and experiencing. Just because this was a extraterrestrial, star people, star being kind of crap, doesn't mean there's not a God. Doesn't mean that there's not angels. Because these all do exist in different dimensions. There's multiple dimensions of consciousness. So in, there are dimensions that are angelic dimensions. There are dimensions that are... Uh, lower dimensions there are dimensions where all manner of things are I mean we cannot even fathom how many dimensions there are in this universe I'm not that smart to know there's so much to know and let's just keep open and pressing 
the, the envelope, press the envelope, press the envelope. Now, and so for me, God, angels, ascendant masters, the Arisha, all of the divine beings, they operate in many dimensions, multiple dimensions, dimensions higher than the dimension that's on the third dimension, that's for sure. And terrestrial beings, they simply come from other planets, star systems, that's all. They're third dimensional beings just like us, yet they do have many more capabilities. Uh, we're multi-dimensional and they are multi-dimensional as well. Now they may have a few more dimensions that we don't know about. Now, here's the last thing I wanna say. Please do not be taken to flights of fancy. It is very easy very easy in this path of discovery to be taken on to flights of fancy. What are flights of fancy? Um, believing things because they're sensational. Believing things with no real, I don't want to say proof because I'm not into proof, without merit. What does merit mean? Merit means I can't just see something one place and believe it. Because I'm not really into believing. I just want to know what really happened. What happened? I know that's right. <laughs> right? Just tell me. I want to know. I want to know what happened. <laughs> Why? Why is that such a problem? And, and apparently it's a very big problem. <laughs> right? Because they don't want us to know. Do you know? And I'll also leave us with this. That. When they went to Iraq, where all of this was quote-unquote originated, many of this was originated in modern-day Iraq, and of course Africa, do you know that when they went to Iraq, we wondered why are they invading this, you know, other than the oil, what is, what is the deal with this? I'll tell you, Gilgamesh, which we've all heard of the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? Gilgamesh was the first hybrid king. He was part star people, part human. And Gilgamesh, I'm not making this up. Go read it, okay? This is not a flight of fancy. This is written in many places. Read it. So I'm telling you what the story is. According to Gilgamesh, he was still buried where? In Iraq. So the people on the ground who do the invasions many times have a different story of what happens in the invasions. What sites they are sent to secure and for what reasons that are very different from what you see on the script. The script, why we have to do this? We have to do this because of this and this and this. But they say the remains of Gilgamesh was still there. So I don't know if they have been secured by the U.S. government. or, or I don't want to say secured because they were already secured where they were. I don't know if they've been seized by the U.S. government or what has happened. Something has happened there and I will do more digging and research and find out. Because everything's find outable. If you dig deep enough, everything's find outable. That's our Sunday inspiration. So what's the point? The point is this. If people tell you you can't be a Christian witch, smile and keep it moving. Because they're simply not ready to be off the script. And if you wonder, are we from the stars? 
the answer is yes. And if you wonder, did the Bible already tell us all of this? The answer is yes. Read deeply, study to show that self-approved. That's it and that's all. Any final words, Robert, for, for service this morning? Watch, watch what's coming up in the mystery school. We're going to do it. If, if people thought our demonology classes in the mystery school and reading the ancient books and, and the Testament of Solomon, if they thought that was outrageous, wait till they see what the mystery school is about to dive into. Now, what have you? Your head blow explode. And it's all right there in the Bible. It's not what it said. And you know, it's very fascinating that in the 6th century BCE, I'll just add this little thing in here to um, research as a family, as you're researching, as, as you're listening to this Christian Witches podcast, because I, I, my intention is truth and the revelation of truth and for us all to ascend and be gods. Pretty much that's the whole point of the object of the exercise is to realize your true God nature, your true God potential. And one of the things to really look at is the word Elohim. So haven't we heard that word over and over again? Elohim, Elohim, Elohim. Elohim is plural. And in, 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 in the beginning, didn't it say, in the beginning, let us, who's the us? Let us make man in our own image. Who's the us? People said it was, right? They told us, oh, it's God and Jesus. Because it says in the beginning was the word and the word was and the word was with God and the word was God. Oh, he was talking to Jesus. Hmm. I don't know. It didn't set, it didn't satisfy. Like, maybe there's more to this story. Exactly, yes, yes. Yes, and here we have more to the story. If the Elohim are the Anunnaki or the powerful ones, and Anunnaki is in the Bible as well, powerful ones, the Elohim, the Elohim made us. Wow. That would be staggering. And that would pretty much rip to shreds every religion that we have on the planet. We can't let that happen. Oh, no, no doubt. Uh And people will fight you on that one. They're, they're not going to let go of the origins of humanity that God picked up some dirt and rolled it into a man. That's right. And breathed into it. The amazing him. thing, like you said, is if the world decided, the world leaders or religious leaders decided to turn and say we're all wrong, it's so embedded in this world that the people would fight you. Yes. The yeah, ones... You know, yeah, they turn Because they've been in the thing for so long, like you said, they've been drenched in it for so long. Exactly. Yes, right. I and it, isn't it kind of hard? It was hard for me to tear down your own belief building. Like we it built is, that structure I, up. It's true. I still have the old one that speaks to me that I have to correct. 
it's like a duel going on inside. I've accepted it because for 30 years, <laughs> it was this way when you're going to hell, Robert. You're going down to burn forever and everybody's going to eat no water. Well, you know, I don't want to burn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I still have that duel every now and then, you know, and I'm like, and I have to correct myself. So that is embedding that from birth up, that, that's great. It blows your whole, you just sit there like, what? And it's, it's not uh, something that's quick. It's a constant work. At least for me, I'll speak for myself. Yes, it is. And we have to be, as you say, vigilant. Because the yeah. old thoughts will come up. Like, oh, yeah. can you do this? I find myself even getting ready to pick up a book. Ooh, can you read that? Well, of course I can read that. Sit down and shut up. I don't know what voice you are. but Of course I can read it. It's a book. <laughs> But you do find these these strange mind uh, memes that are still hanging around because they were embedded, right? They're mind viruses. And we can get rid of them. There's no book off limits. I remember I was in Barnes & Noble, Robert, and I was getting... I remember every time I would go to Barnes & Noble, first I was in the Christian inspiration section, then I went into the metaphysical section, then I went into the um, ancient mysteries, you know, going into the, and then I was looking at the witchcraft and the vampire stuff. And do you know what happened? My, something in my, the, one of the inner voices, the old religious inner voices was like, oh my God, y- your soul is going to the devil if you go to that section of the bookstore. And I turned around and looked like, who's talking right now? Who is that? <laughs> Some old religious meme in my mind that believes in a devil and believes that I could actually sell my soul to the devil. With this devil, I would have to say he's sleeping on a job or he's just bum because he ain't got me yet. I don't know. Is, is he sleeping on a job or what is he doing? I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen, I have no evidence for him whatsoever. You know, study to show thyself approved and then we'll stop believing in fairy tales. That's and, right. right? So I have to tell you one of the biggest things that I learned from you that blew my world up and it changed for the better was when you said there is no devil. This red devil down there and we're blaming everything on him. There just is you need to let that go. And I went, What? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's half the religion, half is God and half is devil. <laughs> There's no red devil down there, da, da, da. but I'm like, no, people, you, you're going to hell for a thousand years and you're going to burn up and ain't nobody thinking you no know, water, and that's it. <laughs> you know, there's only 144,000 in the sky. No, she's wrong. But when I grappled and grappled and let that go, I swear to you, that right there, the single most thing that changed. And I realized my vernacular has changed. The whole, the devil did it, or if a situation happened, I don't say, oh, well, the devil's after me, the devil tried, and it has changed my world. So I'm just attesting to that this morning. Wow. It's true what it says. The truth shall set you free. And didn't Christ say, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Now, if you know it this lifetime or 20 lifetimes from now, you ought to know it. You are going to. (laughs) How long it takes you, that's completely up to you, baby. (laughs) You can be here another 2,000 years before you say, wait a minute, I think I I I see the light. I'm not trying to do that. I'd like to know the truth now, and I want to know it all. And there is nothing forbidden to you. You know, forbidden knowledge is really just 
that people don't want you to go there, go there. If you're called there, oh, if I'm called there, I go there. Period. End of story. Right? All right, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us this morning in church service. This is an unusual church service. Oh, my goodness. Anytime. And y'all better go ahead and give uh, Robert money. Um, Robert, are you set up yet to receive money here on Clubhouse or not yet? Not yet. I'm going to do it once we get off. Okay, good, good. So we can give to Robert and make sure to follow Robert and make sure to go to Robert's Patreon. I am going to put Robert's Patreon in the Christian Witches podcast because I love Robert from the moment, the first conversation, from the first conversation, I knew I was talking to someone. You know how when you talk to people, you're like, oh, this is someone. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And I talked to lots of people. I've talked to thousands of people and I was like, oh, you know, certain ones make you go, oh. And Robert, you're an astonishing bright light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the same as you, Brett. Oh, thank you. You know, I love it. This is my life. I love it. I love it. And you can tell it radiates, it shines. There's nothing fake. So that's why I'm here. Wow. It's been a long road, and we got so much more to discover. Woohoo! One more thing. Yes. Again. Happy birthday <laughs> to Ding, 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 ding. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You're the first person to wish me a happy birthday in song. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Tomorrow's going to be a party all over. I'm going to be on Instagram. I'm going to be on YouTube. I'm going to be everywhere. We're going out to dinner tonight with my expats in, in Mexico. We celebrating. No, I'm celebrating the whole month. Don't play. I am celebrating, okay? Shoot, I've been on this planet for six decades. Do you know how many hits I have taken upside the head? How many punches I have taken? I done pushed out babies. I done helped people. Oh, my God. Oh, we celebrating all month, okay? I done helped people get their life together. Oh, no, we celebrating, all right? <laughs> Love you. Have a beautiful day, family. God bless. Peace. Thank you, Robert. Love you.